friends, I've really been looking forward to today's podcast because I get to interview my friend and super cool female entrepreneur and community activist, Samantha Venti. Samantha wears many hats, and if you don't know her personally, but if you live in the Evansville area, I bet you've probably attended an event or two that she has planned, such as First Fridays, Front Porch Fest, just to name a couple. So obviously, I could talk to Sam about lots of things, but today I've asked her to join me so we could um, highlight her business and uh, the steps she has taken to make it as low waste as possible, not only to give her and her business a shout out it deserves, but to hopefully inspire other business owners and individuals to think about possible changes they too could make in their daily operations that really do make an impact. So help me welcome Samantha. Hey, Sam. Thanks for being on the show. Hi, Mary. I'm so hey, excited friend. to have you. I know. I, I was just saying, you know, I know we didn't, I didn't personally prepare a lot for this episode because I was just so excited to have you down and have someone in person in the studio and us just get to chat a bit. So thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Someone literally this morning referenced you as the busiest person in Evansville. <laughs> And I, I agreed. So I know it, it is a lot for you to take time out to be with me. And I appreciate it more than you know. I'll always make time for you, Mary. You are precious. So um, there might be some people wondering like, hey, what is a brewery owner? Um, first, it's fabulous that you are a woman and a brewery owner because that's not really common, is it? It's really not. Um, I used to know the stats, but COVID has changed all of those numbers in brewery world. But it's mm. less than 10% for sure that are women owned. Amazing. So some people might be wondering like, how does it, what does that have to do with uh, a waste less live more podcast? But before we get into all of that, let me just allow you, please introduce yourself. I feel like so many people in Evansville know you. One, I hope there are people outside of Evansville listening, but there might be some people who don't know you around here. So please um, take this minute to just tell us about yourself. Sure. Well, Sam Benty, 36, love cats, knitting. Um <laughs> I'm not single, so. Right, dang it, yeah. Sorry, um, So I've lived in Evansville for about 17 years. I'm originally from Western Massachusetts. I strongly identify with that culture and those roots, so that kind of informs a lot of things that I do. Um, I'm a certified brain injury specialist for a rehab hospital, so I do neuropsych testing and teach a brain injury coping skills class to um, brain injury survivors and their families. No one knows about that job. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's like that little known fact about you, but that's really what you spend the majority of your week doing, correct? That is my full-time job. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I, so then I own Haney's Corner Brewing Company. A lot of people call it the brew house from its original name, which is fine with us. I am guilty of that. Yeah, so. I call it the brew house. There's no <laughs> guilt involved in that. Um, I'm the president of the Haney's Corner Arts District Association. I'm... Um, community outreach chair for Greater Evansville Youth, LGBTQ youth group, and a lot of other community things, but those are kind of my main, my main you two. You also work at the Ford Center. I haven't done that in a while, but in theory, I still have access to some I think I saw you with some bows in your hair with oh, that. Oh, that was the, that was my recent. first gig in two years. Yeah. That, that wasn't um, real long ago. Yeah. It wasn't long ago, but that's the first time in two years. Yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, so just those things. Um, now people know why you're referred to as one of the busiest people in Evansville. <laughs> So all of those things could take full time. They really. could be. Yeah. We'll hone in a little bit on the brew house. Sure. Sorry, as I called the, I, can I just call it the yeah, brew house? Yeah, you can house call it the brew house. Okay. If anybody's looking me up on social media, it's oh. Haney's Corner Brewing Company. Yes. And the brew house is what we, it's like it's pet nickname. So call yeah. it the brew house. <laughs> Haney's Corner Brewing Company. I have my t-shirt on. Yes. I'm repping today. 
Um, you worked there for a while before you owned it, right? I did. Our sixth birthday is coming up um, wow. in May. And so I worked there about a month and a half after it opened is when I started. Um, so I've been there pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And then how long ago did you take ownership? Two years and seven months. Wow. Has it been that long? Yes. God, does it feel that? Does it feel no. longer? Or, I don't know in how you feel In some ways, it's been a million years. And in some so ways, all it's throughout been a COVID. Blink. Abs- right before COVID. I took over in September of 2019. Wow. So in some ways, that was kind of a nice refresher because it's um, it reset and, and it's grown mm. with me rather than me fighting anything. So yeah, that's true. That's a great perspective. Good way to look at it. Well, I know personally as a consumer and as someone who lived in Haney's Corner and frequented um, that place, and I love it, and I was so excited when you did take ownership of it, and I feel like it's only grown and it has gotten better since has. then. No shade to anyone else, but I mean, it's just... It's all a community. You know, the, the beer community is, um, is, is strong and collaborative and that helps. Well, you're a strong um, collaborative community person too. I, I do so. love collaborations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that we're all stronger together. Yeah. Um, and we've really embraced our role as kind of a neighborhood bar. And yes. I think that helps. And, and my goal is to make beer as unpretentious as possible. You mm-hmm. know, I think craft beer has this like bearded man, um, you know, kind of mentality. And (laughs) and we don't have that, you know, we've got plenty of bearded men, but we also practice using correct pronouns for our guests that come in. And we, we practice um, explaining beers in ways that people can understand and helping you find the kind of beer that you like rather than making you feel embarrassed about what you like. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. So yeah, you don't have to feel insecure or anything about coming in and everyone has an equal seat at the table at yours, at your place for sure. I love that. I love that about you. You've created a really amazing culture there. Um, So not only in those ways, but also in sustainable ways, that was um, one of the things I noticed when you took over. And I remember a a picture came up on my Facebook memory, not that long ago with me at your water (laughs) water (laughs) with the cups because you're like hey what can we do besides these plastic water cups Mm -hmm. that was one of the first changes that I I personally noticed sure but so what I mean and then really you are a zero waste brewery I mean we're about as zero waste as you can get anything we can control for sure yes and and we we've talked before there's no such thing as zero waste so Mm -hmm. we call it we like to call it zero ish waste or less waste and just being mindful and intentional and I feel like your place does an amazing job at that so a couple things I really wanted to have you on to promote that promote you the business and but hopefully also to encourage other businesses to see and to show that this can happen. People can make an impact and you can make these changes that are every day that you can have control over Mm -hmm. and make a big difference. And people see it and appreciate it and we need it. So what were those things you noticed when you, when you went in and what made you even want to make those changes, I guess? Sure. I mean, I think we can start at the beginning, even on when we brew, Um, you know, there's, so just looking at a business Anytime you're creating less waste, in my opinion, and what I've seen, a lot of times it's lowering your cost. So mm-hmm. less waste means less spending. Um, right. So, and that's not always the case. And sometimes mm-hmm. convenience it becomes a factor. You know, is there how much money is my time worth? And I can exactly. understand why people make those choices. But mm-hmm. our operation is small enough where I can a lot of times make those sustainable choices without impacting my. Um, you know, overextending my time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that you've talked about this on your podcast time and time again, that 
sometimes it can feel futile when I'm recycling everything mm-hmm. that I can and then I see like oil being dumped into the ocean. Right, right. So I kind of see our business as a medium of that. You know, mm-hmm. we're not, it's not me and my house and did I throw away something instead of composting it? Whoops. But, you know, I, I'm, it's a little bit bigger. It's a bigger scale, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, there's just some places that I noticed, you know, we were throwing away the spent grains when I had taken over and I think that was a, that was a time choice that was made. So mm-hmm. when you brew, the first thing you do is you take crushed up grains, barley essentially, amongst other grains, and you run hot water through it. And then that extracts the water, which makes sugar water, which later is turned into beer by the work of yeast. So we don't need to get too chemical. No, I love it. The chemistry isn't that important. What is important is once that's done, all you, you have this, you have all these pounds, hundreds of pounds sometimes of spent grains, which are still full of nutrients and are still full of, uh, they're very edible, but you know, how do you get rid of them? How do you use them? And common practice in a lot of places. And I actually think every other brewery in Evansville is doing this. So I'm not special, um, is finding a way to reuse them. And for us, we have a hobby farmer that comes and picks them up. And so that, what does he do with them? He feeds it to the cows. Oh, there you go. Well, happy and chickens cows. and pigs, whatever. So, yeah. um, and I, and again, I'm, I don't think I'm special in that. I think that most of the breweries around that I know of do that, but it was something that we weren't doing. So not only is it diverting the waste, but then you're helping a farmer. Absolutely. Feed yeah. their animals. Yep. And they're willing to come and take the time and pick those up. So you just right. kind of have to store them in buckets or yep. whatever. So we have some come. buckets that we scoop it into and, um, you know, I contact the farmer and he comes and grabs it and brings my buckets back and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What a great solution mm-hmm. to that. And in the off chance we've had one or two times maybe where he couldn't come. Um, I've, you know, encouraged people to come grab a bucket of it for composting or whatever, yes. but so I was just going to ask, I'm sure that could be composted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It mm-hmm. does. It does make a smell. If you, if you can't have only that, it's got to be really mixed in with some mm-hmm. other stuff, but, yeah. um, it can be great as an additive to a compost. So sure. We've since I've, so since I've been there, we haven't thrown any of that away and that's, you know, hundreds of pounds a month. So wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and then from there, um, you know, so those, those grains, they come in bags. Um, we reuse those bags in the brewery as trash bags. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So then you're not buying trash liners. Right. So we are in the tap room, but for brewery trash where it's just paper towels and, random, you know, packaging that kind of comes up on things that just goes in there. So we're not needing to, it's it's reducing the number of trash bags that we're using. Absolutely. Um, and then it's just, you know, making conscious decisions in the tap room otherwise. So you mentioned the water glasses, Mm -hmm. you know, we were spending so much money buying toss away plastic cups and, um, so, you know, why, why were we doing that? Yes. <laughs> we can spend one time, we can spend money and buy these reusable cups and they'll pay for themselves rather quickly. So yeah. that was kind of a no brainer. And so then you've got reusable plastic cups by the water jug. If yep. somebody's there and needs some water and then you just wash those. Exactly. So it is a little time on the, on the washing side of things, but again, we're already washing. So it's ex- okay. Right. You've yeah. got your glass cups and that you're, that you're, that you're washing. So really it is just about being intentional and seeing when you step into a space, what are things that we can do differently? Mm-hmm. And I think just having our eyes opened to that. Well, and even, um, glass. So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. So we recycle all the glass that we, um, that we have all of our empty liquor bottles, wine bottles, any of that gets recycled sometimes through the six and zero glass drop off. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's great. Anytime. But we do, but know. um, you know, we do 
so that's another, that's a cost saver. It's inconvenient for sure. And it's certainly not possible for um, a more volume bar that could be a huge undertaking. But for mm -hmm. us, the weight of that glass in a dumpster and the amount of space it takes up would be huge. There'd be a cost there. Right. So for us, inconveniencing ourselves and diverting it, and we actually drive ours to Henderson, Kentucky, mm -hmm. um, where they reuse it locally. So, right. Um, so we do that, you know, when we need to, when the box is full. Um, and that's just another way we can keep that at a landfill. Yeah. Again, so that's a win-win situation where, like you said, you're saving money from not having to have the dumpster or the weight the tipping fees of all that, but then keeping it from the landfill. And then Henderson has made it clear that they can always use it. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. So glass. And then what about aluminum cans? So I know you guys do a lot of, you have a lot of aluminum cans because you have those crowlers. Is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, we do. So we have um, 25 ounce crowlers right now. Sometimes they're 32 ounce, just depending on the <laughs> supply wow. chain availability. Yes, right. Um, and so those are to go. Um, that's a to go carry out option. Oh, right. And yeah. then we do in our, in the brewery, in the tap room, we have, um, other craft and domestic cans, you know, that you can consume. And so we noticed we were going through a lot of those and I was taking them home and recycling them in my regular bin. And I realized, gosh, there's a lot of money here. Somebody's willing to kind of do the legwork. Yeah. So we keep them, um, in our, uh, in our only cans bin. That's a, that's an only fans joke. Mary, I don't know if you know oh, about only fans. I, I, <laughs> Yes. I have recently learned because I think Claire was going to sell feet pics. There you go. Yeah. I support that. I support that. So we have only cans. Please only support cans. our only cans. I, okay. We will support only cans. Um, and I would like to just divert for a second. Samantha is always my educator on all things. Um, Pop culture, maybe? Pop, yeah. But into the but darker end. In the, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, Claire helps a lot with pop culture in general. You help me a lot with the... Um, yeah, maybe the dark end. We'll just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're up on OnlyFans. Yeah, so OnlyFans I'm in. I got that, but I didn't get that reference. Right. I love it. Sure, OnlyCans. Yeah. So OnlyCans. So we have a sign love that says, it. please support our OnlyCans. And we, our uh, bin is labeled OnlyCans. Um, and yes. so we, you know, so the concept being OnlyCans go in there. Yes. I love um, that so much. So the Navigators is a local, um, it's an ungendered scout group. So it's not, it's not like oh. Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. Yeah. It's just like a scout group. And mm -hmm. so the navigator is actually, we make sure they're extra clean. We drain them twice. Um, and the kids come get them and then they recycle them for money. So wow. mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. So cans, grains, glass, no plastic cups. Mm -hmm. We have a no styrofoam policy for ourselves. Oh also. my gosh. I love you. That, so I mean, obviously you can't control we can't what people control, bring. You don't right. do food. So people can bring in their own food at right. the brewery. And we do a food fabulous. trucks on occasion. And, and yes. so we do see that a lot of those have styrofoam. So sure. um, that's out of our control, but we don't yeah. purchase any styrofoam. Um, so if we, you know, if we need cups that are to go cups, they're the plastic ones. Um, at least slightly better maybe than a styrofoam. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> and uh, when we get the plates, I get the um, the post-recycled, like, gray-looking things. Yeah, Pre-COVID, yeah. we'd actually started having our own, um, like, set of plates and cutlery there, mm. um, rewashable, but just that, that, that seems to have been discouraged. So I'm hoping that we'll get back to that because it's pretty yeah. easy to keep around. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we don't do any, no styrofoam on our end. Um mm -hmm keeping our waste to a minimum. Yeah. And really just encouraging people to come in and bring your own, bring your own utensils, right. bring your own things. Right. 
and yeah, and enjoy it. It's kind of common practice, I think, for a lot of breweries. And again, I completely understand the efficiency of this, but on a busy night to switch to plastic cups. And, oh, I yes. And we've decided not to do that overall. Um, we have them in case of emergency, but sure. overall, I'd rather keep um, for again for cost keeping cost down. We've got loads of boxes of our glasses. So if we need more, if we need more glasses, we can go get a box of glasses rather than busting out plastic cups. Yes. You're the only brewery I've seen do that anywhere, Evansville, Cincinnati, wherever I've gone. You're right. On, on the busy weekend nights, they just switch over to the, and I, I just will particularly will ask, say, can I just please have a glass? I see them over there. <laughs> do you mind? So right. they probably think I'm some pretentious snob, but I mean, I ask nicely. I'm not, you know, shaming them or no, anything. No, no. And I totally understand why they would do it sure. on an efficiency scale. But for mm-hmm. us, I mean, that cost is just, it's significant. Um, yeah. And there, there was a cup shortage for a while. I don't even know. So yeah, we did, yeah. we avoided that. So right. absolutely. Yeah. You weren't hit by that. Um, and you know, and I, and there is no judgment and truly, and I try to really see things from all those perspectives. Um, and especially as a business owner too, and you do have to make all of those choices in the big scheme of things. But we talk here quite frequently about the cost of things and there's more to, to the cost, the overall cost than just the dollar Sure, as well. And so, but a lot of people just aren't in that mindset or aren't that in that place to think through that. And Mm -hmm. I get it and I understand, but Mm -hmm. hopefully when businesses see other businesses making those changes and choices and say, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. And like you said, it it is a bigger impact than what you're just doing in your home Mm -hmm. with you and your husband. And it's a bigger impact, um, not only environmentally, but socially as an example, as Mm -hmm. people come in and see an experience and see that difference. I mean, I noticed it, so I I can't be the only one. And so then it might be where someone will think about it when they may not have before. Sure. I mean, ultimately it's not hard when you think about what it looks like to save glass. Like I said, there are certainly high volume bars, but I just wonder what it would look like if they saved one box a week out of theirs. And that was, you know, if I, if you can commit to one box a week goes to recycling instead of you know, all of it, that box going into the trash. I just, mm-hmm. when I thought about what it would look like for us to, to recycle glass, it felt undoable. It felt like that'd be such a burden and yeah. it's, it's not, um, it's much less of a burden than I expected it would be. And some of that is because of community partnerships, like your yeah. glass drop off or working with other bar owners who are doing recycling and trading off. Um, yeah. but it, it's, it's not, um, it's not as impactful, negatively impactful in my day as I thought it would be. And it's yeah. so easy to not buy a styrofoam. Oh, you know, that's so please. easy to not. Yeah. Um, and I know it's a cheaper option. Again, the whole money thing. I know sure. financially it is the cheaper option, but golly, it's just so bad. <laughs> and when we talk about the other costs, that's a big one. That's an obvious sure. one. And, and, and at least, you know, at least the plastic ones can be recycled if they're dealt with in an an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Ideally. I mean, we know recycling right. is the answer. I will say that the recycling it's better plastic is the one thing we don't do. We don't actually have a lot of plastic in the brewery. The most we go through is maybe a small thing of soda or tonic water in a week. Oh, right. You know? Those and little so, bottles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that just doesn't seem economical to save those pieces of plastic. We recycle right. all of our cardboard, you know, our beer flats, Actually, in the summer, our beer flats we bring to Ronnie's fruit stand so they can reuse them oh, for their nice. plant carryouts. Yes. If you're getting plants, and they're a great partner. Um, but anything That's that doesn't, great. it gets you know we we do recycle all of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and let's be honest with the plastic. It's like what percentage is actually getting efficiently re- recycled, and then it gets down. And that's anyway. That's, what I, and that's how I reassure so, myself. Absolutely. Yes. 
and of all of the things you're doing. It's, it's amazing. So not only are you doing it then in the brewery, you also have a major impact within Haney's Corner Culture District itself. That, that entire neighborhood really, um, as you are the president of the events or of the association, mm-hmm. which then you are a lot of times, most of the time, I would probably say the creative mind behind the events and the planner and the organizer, um, all things Haney's Corner. So you're able to bring some of those concepts into those events, which then just carries over into an entire community impact. Sure. You know, I've seen actually, and we're still kind of talking about the brewery here, but we've had some neighbors that said, oh, you recycle glass. Can I bring you my glass? And so, (laughs) no, no, you can't. No, but, um, you know, there's people that will, but it's great that people ask. And then we have the opportunity to go to the city and say, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm making this effort. And then there are people coming to me who are saying they need opportunities around glass too. And and that's my, that's our biggest goal really is to address it with our city councilmen and, and within Vandenberg County. There is no reason why we don't. Mm-hmm. There are reasons why we don't yet, but there's not reasons why we, that we can't overcome. There aren't obstacles that we, that can't be overcome with effort, mm-hmm. time, and a little bit of money, mm-hmm. but I think it'd be worth it. And so the more people though, that do voice it and want it all the better. So I feel like we need to get petitions. Sorry. I let's petition on that. I love a petition. So people come and say, can you take my class? Yeah, so, <laughs> and then that's, you know, generally I say, no, keep an eye out for these or here's how we do it, you know, and I can at least use that as an education moment, yes. but we do. Um, so our wiffle ball events tend to be, you know, outdoors, a lot of beverages being consumed. Um, and so we've always had kind of a box just that, you know, an old cardboard box that said cans, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of, you know, just to recycle. Well, that was getting a little, uh, we were getting overwhelmed by that because there are so many people that are making that choice standing at the trash can to put their cans in the appropriate box, which mm-hmm. is great, but it meant I needed a bigger and bigger and bigger box every time. Yeah. So this year we've secured, um, an actual recycling bin with the top, you know, that mm-hmm. says cans. And so, um, we'll, we'll say use all that. cans, only cans. Oh shit. <laughs> And I try to be relevant one time. I'm so close. (laughs) All right, forget it. Never mind. Go ahead. It might say only cans. Uh, so that we'll have that out at our wiffle ball games at least. And our wiffle ball is twice a week. Um, you know, so two nights a week, we'll be capturing a lot of what would be waste otherwise. Yes. I don't so know. Side if note, come out and enjoy some fun wiffle come ball. Recycle your cans it's at wiffle ball. <laughs> yeah. So if America's so pastime, in that come case, watch, grab if a beer. someone wanted to bring me their cans from the neighborhood, I would accept that. I've seen that. I think that's kind of one of the reasons our boxes are getting overrun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and, and so I do, that's an, that's an easier diversion for me, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and it's sweet that know that a, a nonprofit is making money from it. Yeah. It's really the navigator's only major fundraiser. And so they're really, wow. they're really sustaining off of this. <laughs> That's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, I will say we lost cans. a lot of um, vendors that will take and pay money for the cans, which has been challenging mm-hmm. for them. And so I, I, think, so we're, I think we're down to one. Yeah, one for Locally. sure. Mm-hmm. And so there's always, you know, that's a risk. That's kind of a tenuous hold on that. I'm, I'm hoping it stays 
worth their time. Yeah. Um, me too. But yeah, I, you know, it's, it's not too hard to do. I don't know if I'm ready to, to attempt to wrangle the public into first Friday recycling. I'd love for that mm. to, to make mm-hmm. sense, but I've seen too many people stuff trash into yes. those blue recycling bins. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but you're exactly right. It's almost right. needs to be a monitor. Right. Yeah. And we just don't have the manpower to go mm-hmm. through those bags and make sure that that's what we're actually getting is cans. Yeah. But if other businesses just within their own businesses would take kind of some of those responsibilities and, and, um, and I'm not sure what other businesses are doing in, in Haney's corner in regards to that, but maybe I'll reach out and ask and kind of see what, what efforts and initiatives they're taking and have them on the show too. Yeah. I think it's worth a, it's always worth an inspiration. Yeah. Okay. So, but speaking of with wall, let's make sure we get the stat, the deets out there so people can come and watch and just have fun and enjoy a, an amazing neighborhood event. So it's Mondays and Tuesday nights, right? It is. Uh, Mondays are minor leagues. So that's a little bit of a lower production. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Lower production. So that'll be, um, nine, there are nine teams in that league and it, it'll be pretty low key. So that's, um, the major production is going to be on Tuesdays and that's just about every Tuesday starting, um, starting at the end of March and going through the beginning of October. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. And so that one has a statistician, a production announcement team, live video feed, um, wow. a concession stand. Amazing. <laughs> Sometimes illegal fireworks. Um, you never you know. know. Hey. But the Monday nights are going to be much more low key. Still, I think worth, if you're just looking for something to do to get out, um, mm-hmm. that could be worth your time. But Tuesdays are where, Tuesdays are where the big time. Tuesdays is where it's at. And what time did you say? It starts at five. Five. It goes till about eight. Yeah. Wow. Every Tuesday. Okay. That's amazing. So Bring every Tuesday through out. the summer. Through the summer. Yeah. And if you're looking for the exact details or making sure there's not cancellations, we do have our own social media for it. So it's Haney's Corner Wiffle Ball League. Okay. I love it. That's great. And then First Fridays. That's coming up soon, right? Absolutely. They kick off in May. Um, An exciting feature we're adding this year is the rain barrel auction. Yes, I wanted to bring it up. So yeah, the city engineer's office um, in conjunction with Coca-Cola, they're donating 50 rain barrels for nonprofit organizations to paint and decorate. And then they'll be auctioned at um, the first Fridays um, through the season. So some at every month. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it's not just one specific right, month. Right. Okay. So You'll be divvying those out each each time people have an opportunity to come. Yeah. And, and that amazing. it comes, so you can come bid on one and that all of that money goes directly to the organization, the nonprofit that painted it. It'll come with a diverter for your yes, cutters. Yes, great. Uh, information on how to use it. And then Wesselman Woods will be teaching us the importance of rain, uh, rain barrels and how we can use that. Wonderful. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So great element to First Fridays. Come down, check out those rain barrels. And if you've been needing one, this here's your chance to get a rain barrel and support a nonprofit. Right. If it's you're fantastic. in the houseplant craze of 2020 that's still going, it's that if rainwater if, is so mm, good for your, your houseplants. If those plants are still alive, come get you a rain barrel. <laughs> you deserve it. You, just, you do deserve it. And they deserve it. Um, and come have a beer with me. Haney's Corner Brewing Company. Those are... those two. Okay. Um, so yeah. So Sam, thank you so much for being on the show. Please go out and support her, her efforts, her business, which is Haney's Corner Brewing Company, mm-hmm. right in Haney's Corner, right next door to Alhambra. Mm-hmm. Have a beer. You can learn about all the different ones. You have a little flights, you can taste them yeah. and um, just support the good work that, that she's doing. And we appreciate it so much why we wanted to have you on the show and highlight it. I appreciate you as a person. Um, and as a business owner and those initiatives that you're taking that do take effort and intention 
especially when you are the busiest person in Evansville. <laughs> that is a lot. If I can do it, you can do it. There you go. Let's <laughs> end on that. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Mary. Thanks for listening to this episode. And thanks again to my dear friend for taking time out to hang with me uh, and for just being so cool without even trying. If you uh, enjoy a beer or two, I encourage you to head down to her place in Haney's Corner and uh, make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Haney's Corner Brewing Company. Let's make sure to patronize those who are making the efforts to be kinder to themselves, kinder to others, and kinder to our planet. <music>